Welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host this week, Jason. I'm with Eric, and Timmy has uh, got some work slash military commitments. He'll be, uh, he won't be with us for a few weeks, but we wish him safe travels, and he'll be back soon. But we do have, as his replacement, sort of a replacement, he's, he's a half-ass replacement, Hunter Ballou. Welcome back from the world of soccer, man. What's happening? Call me Sheen Falco. <laughs> I'm doing okay, man. Uh, it's been busy on my end. A uh, lot of lot of action going on in the soccer world, but uh, really wanted to be in on this conversation because I think this is going to be a hot topic. Yeah, sure you did, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, for those of you, none of you know, I'm sure Hunter is actually still relatively involved every week. He does all our sound editing and does a lot of good things for us, so we appreciate his time. Uh, Eric, what's going on, old man? You 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 just enjoying your retired life all the time? All the time. Nope, hanging in there. Uh, kind of just another you know normal week in the the leisurely life of Eric. But looking forward to uh, hearing some thoughts on playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I'm going to jump right into it this week, boys, because uh, as we know, baseball's not happening. So, uh, fucking greedy bastards, they uh. They're not going to be playing games on time this year. So we've got a lot of college football talk to focus on, thankfully. Um, So with the recent news that came out, Eric, I think you touched on it a little bit last week or maybe two weeks ago that uh, the vote for playoff expansion came up and it was voted down by three of the conference commissioners. That would be the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12. And that's a bit, uh, it's a bit kind of, I guess strange to me because uh, the Pac-12 is, you know, you would think just unanimously they would vote for expansion, given that they've been completely and utterly irrelevant uh, as far as the playoff goes. But I guess, uh, Eric, it goes a little bit deeper than just the fans and all that. It's about money and the Rose Bowl and all that kind of stuff. I mean, did you have any initial kind of thoughts when you saw those three conferences voted it down? Well, I was I wasn't surprised that the Big Ten voted it down because I I their TV contract has come comes up I believe after the 2022 season and they're going to get a new TV deal and it's going to be gargantuan. So I think they probably want to get that settled out first before they try to figure out changing the the playoff format before the expiration of the current term, which is uh, through the 2025 season. I was surprised initially at the Pac-12 voting against it because, like you said, I I think expanded playoffs is the only ticket into the playoff for the Pac-12 for the most part. It sounds like the involvement of the Rose Bowl or lack of involvement for the Rose Bowl and how the Rose Bowl in particular kind of played into that whole thing is why they held off. I'm not really up to speed on why the ACC didn't jump in as well. But yeah, I guess those are my initial thoughts. Well, the as far as ACC goes, I think that was more of just a, you know, they don't want to be standing alone and kind of they, they did make a partnership as far as that alliance goes to vote on things sort of in unison. And I think they're just kind of trying to back their, their guys up there. At least that was yeah. my take on it. Well, and there is a lot of speculation that they're holding out to try to force Notre Dame to join a conference, namely them. But I, I don't, I don't know enough about kind of that side of it to tell you if, how much I do or don't believe that. But that is a kind of widely held idea that maybe that's what their motivation was. Well, I'll tell you what I think about it, and I don't know if Hunter agrees with this, but you know, the Pac-12 voting it down to me, I feel like uh, Pac-12 commissioner probably got a nice. Uh, 
nice little palm greasing from the Rose Bowl committee. And that's just my opinion. I think that's why all the bowls, you know, have stuck as long as they have is, you know, all these bowl uh, committees are greasing the palms of these commissioners and people like that to keep their bowl games relevant. I mean, do, do you disagree with that, Hunter? Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably agree with that on the most part because, look, I mean, the Pac-12 has been largely irrelevant for how long now? At least 10 years? I mean, they haven't really put out anybody that could challenge for a title. And the fact that they're not for the playoff expansion when they have such a hard time getting in tells me they're happy with things the way they are, which means <laughs> keep that money train rolling, baby. Yeah, I mean, that. I, I know it. Uh, it had to do ultimately with revenue sharing is what the Pac-12 commissioner said, that he, he, he wasn't happy with the revenue sharing model that was presented to him. Now, I, I don't have the exact number, but I know I know it was a ridiculous amount of scenarios that this uh, consulting firm that was paid an exorbitant amount of money to come up with different scenarios like presented to them. But I, I heard anywhere from 30 to 60 scenarios that was presented to the college football playoff you know, committee, and they just couldn't agree on anything. But regardless, now we know there's no expansion until the end of the twelve original 12-year contract, which ends after the 2025 season. So we're going to have a four-team playoff until at least 2026. So that being said, do either one of you have any final thoughts about this before we get into the rest of the show, kind of the meat of the show? This conversation's going nowhere. Not really. I think they left the door open to revisit, but yeah, for for now or for the foreseeable future, they're they've kind of uh, you know shot their shot, and I think everyone's going to go back to the. Right. I wouldn't be surprised after the Big Ten deal goes through in another year if they start circling wagons and try to to figure out you know and reevaluating. Yeah, or let Alabama and Georgia get back to a championship again, then they'll start reevaluating. <laughs> they might. Uh, it's that. I mean, we'll save that kind of for the for the next segment. But that, I think the the division of power, maybe not the best, like for, you know, for lack of a better word, might kind of color some people's perspectives in the next couple of years if things go the way a lot of people think they will. I know we're going to get into the pros and cons and, and get into the, the details of this, but I mean, as a whole, have we really had a situation since we went to this new system quite like the one we had with an undefeated Auburn or let's say an undefeated USC at one time? No. We haven't, we haven't really had that situation. We haven't really had somebody that was truly great and, and got snubbed, right? No. Because it's really hard to, to snub somebody when there's four teams that can get in. Uh, if you're undefeated after 12 games and, and more likely 13, you're in. So where's the need to expand? And I'm just saying in general, that's not my perspective. That's probably where most people who make these decisions, it's probably where they're at. Why change it? Well, the people who make the decisions, I can tell you why they want to expand and that's money. Well, you should know that. And speaking of money, speaking of money, we do have some bills to pay. So I'm going to take- I love a good segue. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take uh, a quick second and tell our listeners about our corporate sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. So, sports fans, uh, the latest offer from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. Uh, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That is the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. Okay, boys. So, pros and cons of expanding or not expanding. So, depending on what your uh, what your taste is. So, Hunter, since you're uh, the new man on the show this week, I'm going to I'm going to start with you. Give me like I guess some pros and then some cons and sort of where you're at overall expansion or no. Do you think this was the right time? Do you think they should have went ahead and expanded now or wait or like where are you at, man? Hit me with it. I have a con for playoff expansion. And there might be a little bit of bias in it, but fuck it, here it goes. My problem with playoff expansion is Alabama will still make the playoffs even when they lose multiple games. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Knew it was coming. No, but on a serious point. note, think about it. Think about 2019, right? The year LSU won the title. Right. Alabama had one loss to the undefeated LSU. Then well, what happened? they they yeah, they ended up losing they ended up losing to Auburn too that year. They had two losses. Right. But what I, I'm I saying is you had a loss. I mean, you had a pretty close loss. I mean, to the team who was obviously one of the best teams LSU ever put on the field. You lost 41 to 46, right? So you lost by five points to the best team in the country. And then you lost the Iron Bowl, 48 to 45. Alabama could have beat anybody else that year, in my opinion. Yet they didn't make the playoff. It's a, uh, (laughs) it's hard not to look at it like from an Alabama perspective, like with my Alabama goggles on, like, you know, I I see where you're going with that. But, as far as that con goes, I would, I would say, how long do we really think the Alabama dynasty is going to last? As an Alabama fan, when Nick Saban retires, we don't know that. I mean, yeah, sure. While he's still there, are they going to be in the mix most years? Yeah, but in twenty twenty five, you know, he may be getting ready I mean, to retire. It, yeah, it, it was mostly just a dig at, at Alabama as a joke, but like <laughs> any, this could happen to any team. You know, you lose to the national champion, and then you have one game where you kind of just have a shitty game and you lose like i don't know i feel like you would you would still deserve to get in in my opinion a a two loss team somebody who lost to the national champion or the undefeated number one you should be in the conversation and honestly you know it's probably a pro instead of a con i called it a con because it happened to alabama well yeah it's a con for everybody that's outside of uh the like the premier teams you know which which when i take my lsu hat off yeah yeah, I mean, you're talking about the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the until this year, the Clemsons of the world, where you can, if you expand to 12, you know, you can pretty much guarantee they're going to be in every year, you know, for most years anyway. Yeah. So, um, Eric, I mean, do you have a rebuttal to that outlook on it? My, not really. I guess the closest I would come to a rebuttal is a, a situation like that where an Alabama team that could probably beat 
on any given day, any team in the country doesn't make it because they happen to lose two games. You know, one of them uh, on the road against maybe the maybe the best college football team of my lifetime. That that's one example, but it's really about the only one I could come up with as far as in this era, the the playoff era of a team that didn't make it that you could say had a legitimate shot to win it had they been in. And I also think too a lot of a lot of schools. Or a lot of a lot of schools still schedule their tough games, their non-conference games. They'll try to schedule them early because timing of losses still matters in this current system. If you expanded it to more teams, I don't think timing of loss matters so much anymore. So you could lose late and still have a chance. Whereas right now, if you lose late, there's a chance you're not getting in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean that it's a big factor right now. When you lose, you better hope you get your loss out early. Kind of like Ohio state this year, they go yeah, out and they drop one to Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that I mean, it shouldn't one, be that way. One I loss mean, in week one and one loss in week 10 or 12. To me, you're one loss team. You can't look at it as oh, they just lost yesterday. So that's the news of the week. So they're, they're worse now because they just lost. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, but teams L, do L's evolve. Yeah. I mean, an L is an L, but teams do evolve over a period of 13 weeks. I mean, like look at Oregon and Ohio State. That Oregon team that went into the shoe and drubbed Ohio State, they got shellacked by Utah in back-to-back weeks. Over two, two out of three weeks, they were destroyed by Utah. I mean, it was not the same team. So you can't really take the human element out of it and be like, well – an L's an L, even though it happened 10 weeks ago, it was a different team then, you know? I mean, does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, I think it's situational, though. I mean, I think it depends on who you lost to and, and when you lost, but the, the the win you lost part should not be a part of when if you get into the playoffs or not. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree, it shouldn't be. I feel like expansion would would totally negate that, so... Yeah. All right. Well, now hit me with a pro. What like what's your pros of playoff expansion? If they were to expand it today, what's what's a pro to you? I think that uh, to me as a fan and a student, a pro would be being able to see playoff games played on campus. You'd be able to see your team play a playoff game at your home stadium, which has never happened in Division One college football. It would be pretty legit. Not going to lie. That would be right. Especially a team like LSU, man electric atmosphere there yes yeah that that is the most compelling argument i feel like for we would have to get the ncaa to to let us play the neck chant though or else i don't want it (laughs) well you know with the current direction college football is headed i don't know that the ncaa is still going to be around in five years so may just be a free-for-all i can't wait but it's going to be like (laughs) wwe (laughs) maybe so stunner players cracking beers on the sidelines Oh God! Well, that that's probably already going on, but uh, or at least in the locker room. Well, I don't know. Brian Kelly's there now. They might just be dancing and speaking in oh, bad Southern boy. accents. <laughs> so, just had to twist the knife. Ugh. Oh man, I wish you would have been here for like the last five weeks. It would have been so much fun. I'm waiting for the Brian Kelly stinky leg video with one of his recruits. Oh, Ugh. it's so cringe, man! It's so cringe. Like I said, I'm still on the fence about Brian Kelly. I think he's got a lot to prove. I'm not. I'm not buying into buying into him being the the almighty coach that his resume says he is. He's never coached in the SEC West, so we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, Eric, I'm going to move over to you, and 
give me your pros and cons of expansion. Uh, so there's two big pros for me. The one, and I, I know Timmy's talked about, he's kind of beat this drum over the course of the season. But I think anytime you have an opportunity to settle a result on the field versus in a conference room, uh, then that's a win, right? Just in general, as a kind of a, like a general stance, like I, I would prefer that. To me, the, the big pro to expanding the playoff would be just as a fan, I think you would have far, far fewer opt-outs of bowl games and actually get to watch the, the players you want to watch, right? Instead of a non-playoff New Year's Six Bowl where the best, you know, two or three or four draft eligible players on either team aren't in there. You know, that's, you would, you know, you would avoid a, a pit Michigan State New Year's Six game without Kenneth Walker or Kenny Pickett. You know, those guys would be playing in playoff games, um, you, you would think. But yeah, I'm, for me, those those would be the two kind of drivers to to make me who, you know, and I'm kind of undecided, I guess. Um, but if I, w- if I were a, a hardcore playoff expansion supporter, I think it would be mostly because of I get to actually see the games. There's no hypothetical arguments. There's no there's no eye test. There is go on the field, right? Roll a ball out there and, and see who's who and then get to actually watch the players I want to watch play. I want winners. I don't disagree with either one of those arguments, actually. I think that's uh, pretty legit. There's, I don't think there's any a way you can really argue with either one of those points because I don't think anybody likes you know the outcome being decided in a boardroom. So uh, as far as cons go, like I know you're not 100% for expansion, so what's, what's your negatives? Well, I guess my, my biggest con would be I don't know that I need to see 12 teams in a playoff to, to figure out who the best team is. So, so, okay. So this came up, uh, during the NFL playoffs, actually. So the NFL playoffs, the divisional round, uh, was a weekend full of fantastic games, right? Upsets, uh, almost, I think three out of four games went to the final play, right? Whether it's an overtime field goal or, or whatever, you know, and then that was a, I know on my Twitter feed, at least that was Oh, how can you watch this divisional round and and not be in favor of playoff expansion? Well, I'll tell you how. I watched the wild card round the week before, and every game was garbage because there were teams that were just simply overmatched and didn't belong in the playoffs, and they got rolled. And I think, you know, as it is, semifinal games now, when you're down to four, two-thirds of the semifinal games in the history of the college football playoff have been 17 points or more. Yeah, there are three score games. Yeah, that's right. So. So I, I'm not convinced that adding, you know, the ninth best team in the country into that mix is going to really fix that part of it. Like there's already an issue with semifinal games not being that competitive because one team is clearly better than the other. You know, like the semifinal games this year, at no point oh, did I think yeah. Cincinnati was going to win that game. <laughs> Blow out from like from the, from the first play. It was like these, these are just two different teams, you know, and Michigan, Georgia was not much different. I'd like to jump in a little bit here when you talk about that's an interesting stat. You said two thirds of the top four games are seventeen points or more. Yeah, I think I think it's twelve or thirteen out of eighteen semifinal games. Yeah, it, yeah. it's like uh, the average margin of victory in a semifinal game is almost twenty one points. You kidding me? Yep. So I guess basically what I wanted to get at was if this could all change, but the way money is flowing into college football right now, and players are going to be starting to get paid. The amount of teams that are at that elite level could increase and you could just dilute the system with average talent and just 
overload the top end with talent. So you could end up with seven to eight really, really strong college football teams as they spread that money throughout those top eight teams, right? So I think we could see a need for expansion in the distant future, but I don't think we're there yet based on everything you guys just said. Does that make sense? It does. No, it does. And that that's kind of what I alluded to earlier at the beginning was I think they should probably stay at four through 2025 because you know, I think the, the current plan is a great plan. Yeah, the current plan I think works for what is the current state of college football, which is you're going to have two, maybe three teams that are a clear step above everybody else, right? Even the number four, you know, and then as you get down to like 12, I don't even know who finished 12th this year. Pittsburgh. Right. So I, you just, you're going to, you know, it, it felt for most of the year and then even into the playoffs, once the playoffs started, it felt like there was, Georgia and Alabama, and then there was a like a gap that you could drive a van through, and then it was okay. Well, who you know, yeah. Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Ohio State, whoever. And I, I think at least for the next couple of years, it's probably going to be something like that, where you're going to have two or three teams that are just that much better than everyone else. There's, it feels kind of pointless to to triple the size of the playoff field. Indeed, and I'm going to tell you why, because I'm going to read you a statement. That was uh, from the college football playoff executive director, Bill Hancock. Uh, This is a quote, uh, quote, the proposal at its heart was created to provide more participation for more players and more schools. In a nutshell, that is what the working group's message or that is the working group's message, more participation, end quote. Uh, Boys, I'm not for participation trophies here. Uh, well, okay, not, yeah, not on this so podcast. Not, like, if that's why we're going to expand it for participation, f that. That that's my response to that. No, N- none of us believe that, though, right? That it's about participation. Well, it's about money, <laughs> of course. Okay, I, I just want to make sure that we're all kind of playing off the same sheet of music here and understand that that <laughs> yeah, what that statement I mean, you read was just wall to wall horseshit. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, that like. It does. The only reason it makes any sense for anybody is money. That's it to me. Because one, it's not going to change the outcome most years, most years, at least for the foreseeable future. This is why I think it was a good decision to not expand now. Maybe five years from now, it is a good idea. I'm open to that. But right now, no way. Because Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, you know, most years, Clemson. Notre Dame kind of in their current situation, like all the same teams are going to make it every year and it's expanding. It's not going to make it any easier to win a championship. Yeah. Makes it easier to get into the playoff to get rolled. I mean, like, I don't, I don't see the point. I mean, like what, what is the biggest problem with it now? Like, why do people have such a big problem with it? And I get it. Like if you're not an Alabama fan or an Ohio state fan or a Clemson or whatever, like, if I'm an old Miss fan, I'm saying, yeah, fuck, I hope they do expand it. And maybe we squeak in at number eight and we win a couple of games. And before you know it, we're playing for a championship. I mean, I I get that part of it, but nine times out of ten, it's not going to fucking matter. I feel strong about this now, really strong. Yeah, for the most part, it won't. I, I actually looked this up because I remembered posting something about this on Facebook a, a couple of years ago. And so my whole, you know, there's two or three teams and then everybody else kind of argument. It's not, that's not new by any stretch. 
So in uh, so January seventh, twenty nineteen, which is I think the day that Clemson beat Alabama in the title game. In the previous four years, Clemson and Alabama were both fifty three and two <laughs> against teams not named Clemson or Alabama. Right. So when when they weren't playing each other, uh, they were combined one hundred and six and four against basically everyone else in the previous uh, four five years, and so it's. I get the Alabama fatigue, but I mean, if, if they are consistently the best team in the country, then they're the best team in the country and they should be recognized as such. But, you know, it's going to be Alabama and Clemson or Alabama. And it's just going to be a small field. No matter how many teams you put in the playoff, there's still only going to be the same three or four or five teams that have anything close to a realistic shot. Yeah. And the Alabama fatigue, uh, speaking on that for just a a quick second. Like I get it. Okay. I really do. That's why I don't come on this podcast and pump up Alabama. Like they're the greatest fucking thing ever. Like it just look at the results. That's all you have to do. I don't have to talk about it, but it does kind of like get annoying when you do see the Alabama fatigue, like on ESPN or Fox or wherever, because it's like when Tom Brady and the Patriots do it, nobody cries about it. Everybody's so happy about this great Patriots dynasty and it's the greatest thing since sliced bread and nobody's lobbying for the NFL to change the garbage ass AFC East that they played in for 10 years, you know, while he was there. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's just a crybaby standpoint to me, like Alabama fatigue or Clemson or Ohio State. It's like, okay, you want to cry about it? Fine. Instead of that, why don't you go and spend the hundreds of millions of dollars that they spend and build a huge ass stadium that holds 110,000 people like they have and go out and pay coaches millions of dollars? I mean, because that's really what it takes to be an elite program. I mean, am I wrong there, Hunter? Am I crazy? Um, I don't think you're completely wrong. I just think that certain cultures and certain areas in America support programs more than others. And I don't know that Clemson will be able to generate the level of enthusiasm that Alabama football fans would, you know, that give their, their team, um, in order to make money to pay coaches and now players and build better facilities, you got to win football games. You got to get the fans involved. And until they do that, it's a vicious cycle. I mean, Alabama has been successful for so long consistently that the money train is just growing and growing and growing. And it's to the point now where, I mean, as long as Saban's there, it's it's cruise control. Right. It takes a but long the, time to get there. You can't do it overnight. Right, but the playoff is not responsible for that. That's not no. like the playoff didn't no. create this Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson juggernaut that we've been living in. They made some great athletic director hires, some great head coaching hires, and that's all it took. And they started to build from there. I mean, to me, Clemson's not even a juggernaut. I mean, they had a couple of good seasons. What else? A couple of good seasons. They made the playoffs six straight years in a row. Won two national titles. I would say yeah, two national titles. Yeah, that's more two yeah. more than you know ninety percent of the country has won in that time. Yeah, I wouldn't call them a juggernaut though. I mean, they've lost more than they've won as far as titles go. Well, that's because they played Alabama and like three of them, but <laughs> <laughs> they played a, they played a juggernaut. <laughs> I mean, Saban's a once-in-a-lifetime coach, though. That's not comparable. But the point I'm trying to make Have is, you met my friend Les Miles? Yep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Spectacular group of men. <laughs> Look, once-in-a-lifetime doesn't always mean great, okay? 
please ask me after. Yeah, so no, but I'm just saying that you can't blame the playoff for the current state of where teams are and how good they are and these juggernauts and the rest no. of the country not being up to par. It, you know, you look at uh, like the Pac-12, okay? USC made three terrible athletic director hires in a row and it put their fucking team in a toilet, you know? I it mean, did. just what do you expect? Really like, did. make a good hire, you get a good coach like a Pete Carroll, and you start winning ball games again. And then it builds from there. But you can't just like change the format because everyone is not up to snuff. I don't know. That, that's just kind of where I stand on it. Talk yeah. to me in five it, years, but you don't right think now, Lynn Swan was an A plus hire? Absolutely. As an athletic director? Not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kid me. You kidding me? You like the athletic director they have now. He's got his shit together. He went and paid Lincoln Riley $100 million, got one of the best offensive minds in football out there to coach. He's a good recruiter, all of that. Not saying he's going to win out there, you know, a ton of games or whatever. Who knows what he'll do. But they figured it out. Like, okay, we're tired of being mediocre. We see what it takes to win, at least to get there, to have a chance to win. You got to have a championship caliber coach. You got to have an athletic director with a blank check handing it to the coach saying here's unlimited recruiting budget that kind of stuff so people want to talk like the college football playoff is expansion is about anything but money but it's not and that's so what makes the world go around in college football especially now it's solely about money yeah and even more so on that point the players like the players are starting to get paid now through agents and nil deals and all that kind of stuff there is massive tampering going on at every school like if you think for one second that somebody hasn't text bryce young's agent and offered him however much money to transfer to come play for this other school you're crazy because it's happening everywhere it's not supposed to be but it is it just the game's changing man so right now i fully agree with what hunter said like right now not a good time to expand talk to me in five years because on a point that hunter kind of alluded to earlier Something I think we're going to end up seeing before playoff expansion, I think we're going to end up seeing at the end of 2025, massive realignment. I mean, we already know Oklahoma and Texas are coming to the SEC. I'm still not a believer in the Big 12 surviving this. I mean, do either one of you disagree with that? Well, they'll survive because, well, hold on. You say surviving this. What, what is this? Yeah, I was going to ask, what do you mean surviving it? Texas and Oklahoma leaving. You mean like the conference will be dissolved? Or absorbed by other conferences, picked apart, people looking for better deals, this, that, and the other. I mean, if you're if you're a media rights company, okay, and you're offering the Big 12 a TV contract that's got no Oklahoma or Texas in it, what kind of offer are you going to give them compared to, you know, say a Pac-12 that's got about half the Big 12 teams in it? I mean, you still got a lot of, you still have a lot of exposure in baseball and softball and basketball, especially yeah. basketball. But that, I just don't know that the Big 12 will be absorbed or, or dissolved based on those two teams leaving for football alone. Um, well, I'm talking I about mean, should, strictly for like a college football playoff type deal, like just college football. Yeah. All those other sports, they definitely matter. I'm not oh, trying to take away from that. I, I definitely think they made it harder on themselves to get into the playoff by joining the SEC. Those two for sure. Definitely. Yeah. And whether it's four or eight or 12. So. Last summer when we were doing, it might have even been the Big 12 preview, but when Oklahoma and Texas announced that they were going to the SEC, we talked about 
the the future of the Big Twelve. And I I remember saying I think it's just going to kind of disintegrate and it's going to get picked apart like you know a dead turkey on the side of the road. And they actually they went about it in a pretty smart way with adding the four teams because they instead of trying to replace Texas football and Oklahoma football, which they cannot do, um, they kind of leaned on their on the Big Twelves their other strength, which is men's basketball. So the the teams that they brought in, which are Cincinnati and Houston, um, they already have Baylor, right? They're the, who won the, the championship last year. Kansas, obviously, uh, Texas Tech. So they kind yeah, of lean more towards pulling in schools. They, pu- they, they lean more towards pulling in those four schools that either have a, a large national following, like BYU, or... or schools with a, a strong basketball program like Houston and Cincinnati. Um, and then I, yeah, UCF still doesn't make a ton of sense, but I think the conference itself to answer your original question will be okay because of the four teams they added. Um, and what that means for, for big 12 basketball more than big 12 football. Right. I, I don't see how they stay a power five program in football. I just, I, I don't see it. Take away Oklahoma the last 10 years. Look at that conference. Like it's a fucking joke. It's worse than the Pac-12. You take out Oklahoma. Yeah. I don't think they have a whole lot of talent just standing out from the rest in football anymore in the Big 12. So No, they I don't, don't really have any. Their recruiting worry. is terrible compared to you know the SEC yeah. or the Big Ten. So to me, that should work itself out within the conference. I mean, you'll have teams beating up on each other. You're not going to have a clear cut like you had Oklahoma just you know undefeated. And Oklahoma didn't really necessarily blow people out. You know what I mean? But- historically they had right you'd have oklahoma just beating the dog shit out of everybody and the rest of the big 12 and i just don't think you're going to see that with the teams that are left in the big 12 yeah i don't disagree with that and to to kick it back to playoff expansion for a minute i feel like the only way you know putting a pin in this sort of putting a pin in this discussion like i feel like the only way that they can do this and it really like come out to be a good product is two things first eliminate the shit games mercer alabama versus mercer or chattanooga or whoever like those have to go if you're going to add more games get rid of the shit games you know i, I mean does anybody well, those should go those should go regardless of what you do with the playoff regardless yes, yes. agree so no one is going to argue with that i don't think except for maybe the administration at those small schools but they can yeah, the, the fcs schools the, the fcs schools who absolutely would push back on that but i mean they're, they're it yeah. they're the yeah. only people who want those games to occur right yeah so uh i mean sorry for you but those have to go and then this and this is why i say this like because if you're going to expand it say to 8 teams I think the only way you can do it and really sort of satisfy people in a way and still make it marketable and the monetization all still works is if you have automatic qualifiers, like your power five conferences, your conference champions, automatic bids, and then you get three at larges. Okay. I mean, is that crazy out of line? I mean, Eric, do you, I mean, am I nuts there to say that? And the reason that I say that is because the big 12, the current state of it, Fuck, you might have a three-loss team getting into the playoff. You might. I don't, I don't. I personally don't like the idea of automatic qualifiers because I'm not no. convinced that for the last handful of years that the Pac-12 has been better than the American or the Mountain West. I, yeah. A- automatic qualifier for the Power Five schools, which is what the proposal was, right? It was Power Five 
champions automatic qualifiers, the the top ranked or highest ranked group of five team automatic qualifiers well, six they, at large. Yeah, they they presented a number of scenarios, but the two most prominent were an eight team or a twelve team, in which you had both of which you had automatic qualifiers and just different numbers of at large. Like uh, the twelve team model would have been the power fives, the top ranked group of five, and then six at large, and the A team, what I already described. So, yeah, I, my, my hard spot is the, the automatic qualifiers because there's, you know, cause I would have put in who I would put in Utah and Pitt and Baylor. Yes. Did any of those teams win their bowl game against a non conference champion? <laughs> no. Well, Baylor did Baylor beat Ole Miss. Yeah. But I mean, but Utah lost right to a team that didn't even play in their conference championship game. Yeah. So I, I just, the idea that you get a playoff spot simply because you won a power five conference. Uh, I don't personally, I don't think that should be automatic because the, just because it's uh, one of the five larger revenue conferences, not one of the smaller ones, doesn't mean that, 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 you know, that you're one of the X best football teams and, and should be, you know, given a top six seed. Hmm. Well, Hunter, do you disagree with that before we, before we close this thing out? Yeah, well, just wanted to say regarding automatic qualifiers, automatic bids for Power 5 conferences, the last time, I was just looking this up while you guys were chatting, the last time we had a team from outside of the Top 5 or the Power 5 conference win a national championship was 1988, and that was Notre Dame. (laughs) And before that, it was BYU in 84. So, I mean, it's safe to say that automatic bids for Power 5 conferences, it's not a bad idea. I don't like it still, but I mean... Somebody from the from the Big Five is going to win the national championship. Let's just call it like it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. And with it's that. not to say that you're. It's not to say that you're saying nobody else can get in. You're just talking about the automatic bids. There's still room for other players if you expand, right? Or other teams. Uh, well, it depends on if you're talking about eight or twelve. Yeah, I mean, if you go eight, you still have room for three outliers. Uh, you, so, you could win the you could win the Pac-12, get a six seed, and not be among the eight best teams in the country easily. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right now, with the current state of affairs, there, yes. Utah did it this year. Like they wouldn't have made an eight-team playoff. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they would have with an automatic uh, qualifier. But if maybe. you say, "Hey, who's the best eight teams?" they weren't there. Gun to my head, you don't need an automatic bid. The rest will sort itself out. That's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well. All right. Uh, well, next week, are we, Eric? Are we starting our Fall from Grace series next week? Is that what we're doing? We are. Episode one of Fall from Grace is uh, is next week. We're going to be taking a look at uh, the the past and present of Florida State and Miami, and oh, maybe tra- making some guesses on the future. Oh, man, I'm going to have to like snort a line of coke to stay awake for that episode. Oh, jeez, that's well, you're going to be talking for half of it, so uh, <laughs> it better work. Whatever you do, <laughs> probably more than half. Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, I wasn't supposed to be, but now with Timmy uh, having to eject for a few weeks, I'm going to be talking more than I was originally. So, yeah. Uh, well, we we will have some slack to pick up, but let's not kid ourselves. He's he's off doing something that is more important than than insulting us on the internet. Absolutely, no doubt. So. All right. Well, you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. We're available on all podcast platforms. We'd like to thank our corporate sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. And we will be back with you next week for our beginning of our Fall from Grace series uh, covering Florida State and Miami. But until then, thank you very much. Have a great day.